An excerpt from No Easy Way by Digital Daggers. I'm a victim of my instinct. Unraveling and reeling, I think I'm wise. Our freedom can be deadly. I watch the walls around me falling down. My peace can be deceiving. I'm steady in the deep end of despair. So far away from safe and sound, I've lost control. I've lost control. Trouble and Dr. Chaos are going to be all like, hey, thanks for stopping that train from hitting our library. Oh, hey, yeah, sure. And Pop-Tart is the one they like the most of you for. That's understandable. So Pop-Tart, pick a fellowship move. Can the... <laughs> for your pango party. <laughs> God damn it. Can you just have a night out on the town? Fuck it. Pan, I know you don't have anywhere to go tonight, and it's like getting through this diatribe of like offering the cave, and by the time they turn back around, Pan is already fucking gone. Like, woohoo! I'm gonna be 17 forever! Yeah, they just head out to the club every night. Did I come into the tavern for like 30 seconds and then I heard what you were saying for 30 seconds and then I left? Harbinger will never forget those 30 seconds. It's time for Firepan to be a (laughs) grown-up. Oh my god. No, I probably left after hearing that phrase, honestly. That's probably enough. And I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna find another bar. (laughs) No, it's, oh my god, I'm gonna find another dragon. Uh, working on the tank, she figured out how to put, like, little honeycomb homes into the tank. And what she's planning on doing when she gets back to the pumping patch is that she's gonna repurpose all the bee drones so that they're remote-controlled and that their computer stuff is inside each of the honeycombs. Yeah, you're building a mini bowl. What about Billy for the tank? The name Billy for the tank, like Bola but Billy. The strange thing that we see is Revolution. So Pop-Tart, the first thing you notice about Revolution is that you don't feel her like you feel halflings. So she doesn't feel like other halflings to me, but what does she feel like? Well, she feels like someone you've known your entire life, even though you just met. What, What did I do? You did everything. And with that, she's going to vanish back towards the city of Lendora. I just did my job. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Six Feet Under. It's been a few days since the Fellowship left Logdale with their fancy, mostly repaired ship that now functions as it should. And after realizing that we cannot go between locations without getting horribly distracted, (laughs) we are being forced to our next destination. Yes. So we have our crew in their usual battle stations. As we head north, and we're nearing St. Bologna's Ravine. I almost said the old name, which it was not. Excuse me, it's pronounced Bologna? Balognese. That's a different guy. We've been over this. <laughs> That's sacrilegious. 
So that's that's Pan. Where are you? What's your battle station? What's your character look like? It's been a hot minute since we've described our people. So let's let's do that since I think we've changed slightly for some of us. So have we? we cover it. I guess, I guess he might be like wearing a different outfit now. <laughs> it's been like how many weeks since we started? Well, I mean, Pan did go through his rebellious teenage phase last session and yeah. had sex with multiple men. <laughs> yeah. And he did just leave Fashion Town. So what's Pan's new look? I'm going with a, like, tied sarong look, because that's that served me well this summer on my human body. It'll look fine on him. And I guess if he's just at home, he doesn't need a shirt. But probably just, like, some kind of, like, crop top vest situation. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Lots of rosary beads. Because he's still pretending he cares about that stuff. Which he does, but... He's supposed to be a monk. Supposed to be a monk. So Pop-Tart, Hi. are you? What does Pop-Tart look like these days? Well, Pop-Tart either looks like a desert rain frog, or a... About, about the size of a small child of about four, with really wild curly red hair, a really gross raincoat that's covered, constantly covered in water and pond slime, even if they're nowhere near either of those things. A giant pair of rain boots that occasionally make froggy noises when they step. And they are wielding a cattail as a weapon. Pop-Tart doesn't have a weapon, but it's close enough. It's an idea of a weapon. In case you've been wondering about the thing I consistently draw Pop-Tart with, but we have never actually seen used. Pop-Tart's held it a couple times. <laughs> I, I feel I like used you could have challenged Nico to a duel or something with it. No, it been... I used it to point the mob towards the towards Bolo when I was leading the mob. That's true. That you know, was a thing that happened. A hundred years from now, they're going to like have a ceremonial cattail used in holidays in remembrance of you. I'm still going to be alive, then. Fair. <laughs> Unless something happens. Are they going to have this really solemn ceremony, and then Pop-Tart's going to stand up in the back of the huge hall and just be like, yeah. oh, good, but some of it was wrong. And like a Powerpuff <laughs> Girl, the only thing that changes as they grow older is their legs get longer. I'm still here. Like, they do this every year. I'm not dead, by the way. Like, She's... I get it. <laughs> And Pop-Tart is piloting the pumpkin patch. Yes, I am the pilot. But And by pilot, I mean I'm hopping in between levers and buttons, just pressing them until Yuria tells me to stop. So let's bring, that brings us to, uh, to Yuria, probably also in the command room, monitoring sensors and stuff, I guess. What does Yuria look like these days? Oh, uh, let's see. Well, we were in Dragon's Lore for a while. I'm going to say that she now has a actual full-length jacket now. She probably has boots on. I know some of the art probably does. Oh, you have a trench coat. Oh! Does Yuria have a badass trench coat? That's not the Star Fox look, though. We've got a Star Fox aesthetic going on with Yuria. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much you want to stick to that. That's just me. I think that's what Yuria looks I mean, like she, in my head. She's kind of starting to dress a little like how she portrays herself as a captain. So she's also got... Okay. So she's exchanged the um, bandana for... A long flowing scarf. So she's got a crystal bodysuit. That's what you're saying. Uh, 
whatever that is. As in crystal with a K, as in crystal's bodysuit. Oh, no. <laughs> Not as in a bodysuit covered in crystals. Okay, I was confused for a minute there. Can we talk about a, crystal- a bodysuit made out of crystals, though? Because... Yeah. Let's talk about this. I guess that brings us to Harbinger. Hey, where are you? What are you doing? What do you look like? Hello. The Harbinger is in the curse of chaos once again. I would say that the Harbinger is wearing, like, their blanket has an imperceptibly lower thread count because they're not feeling as vain today. So they're not wearing their very best silk. They're wearing, you know, some working silk. The working man silk. Some velour instead of their usual. I would say that the more notable transformation is to the Curse of Chaos itself. After Aurorealis's appearance on the balloon and uh, the Harbinger's subsequent temper tantrum, which left the Curse of Chaos devastated, it's now been... It's... Look, it looks horrible in there. It looks like a cave. There's like a lot of weird stalactite things and a lot of weird stalagmite things. And they're all made out of weird broken bits of other things that are somehow just perfectly stacked and wedged together. The lights are probably all broken. There's probably like, the only things left are like those cheesy little glow-in-the-dark stars that you stick on the ceiling, except these ones have been overcharged with some kind of occult light. So yeah, it's pretty It's pretty aesthetic in there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You got like your grumpy purple mist pillow, pillowing over the floor? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like just... They better keep the door to this one sealed like a, like a fucking submarine, but... Because otherwise it's like just gonna spill out everywhere. And also gonna make us really easy to find. I'm sorry, but when the purple, the purple angry mist starts a-flowing, there's nothing I can do about it. I hope that sapling is still alright. Oh, the sapling is... It's purple. The leaves are purple now. <laughs> I, Good. Like, I, I like purple. I, I, I don't know what this means, so I'm not telling anybody yet. You'd be surprised by how much of our show's budget goes into the Curse of Chaos. There's like one singular pillar of light that's like in the ceiling. There's like one window in the ceiling astro- astronomical chart where the sun is. And that's sure. the only, like, ceiling window, so there's just one beam of light that goes down right into the center of the room where the fucking sapling is. And it looks fine for a it's given measure of fine. It's purple to start. Anyway, the other half of our budget goes to dry cleaning everybody's clothes because Pop-Tart likes to greet them with pond slime. <laughs> okay, we are now nearing a destination with things and stuff. Ooh. The second tower is on the horizon. The snow around here is thicker than it's been anywhere else you've traveled. The tower lies within St. Bologna's Ravine, and its base is so far down it fades away into the fog ocean below. This tower is significantly taller than the last. It's dull red in color, contrasting with the previous blue tower, and it is evenly interspersed with red-hot metal bands. There are no pathways leading to the tower, and no visible entrances or exits. Around the tower, built within the ravine, is a coal mining town. It's very similar to Blight Town, or the Gutter, in Dark Souls. It's a lot of wooden and metal walkways and ladders between various cave homes. Uh, the mines are operated by elves and lobster folk in equal measure. But you're not sure that those have anything to do with the city's defenses, they're just there, like it was built around them. In fact, the only obvious defense for the tower is how inaccessible it is. But Pop-Tart can feel that that's not the only one. So we just land on top. We could. So 
before anything else, I'd like to use my disguise kit to disguise four people all right, as I have written in my notes. Okay. What is everyone disguising as? That's a great question. I feel like I want to do this very first off because I feel like this is going to be much more important than it was uh, at the last tower where we maybe had a little bit more reasonable doubt with Aurorealis not showing up and murking us instantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm actually thinking about maybe using uh, the disguise four people all right and then use the disguise one person well on Pan because I think Harbinger is pretty good at sneaking around and Pan and Harbinger are the two that are most recognizable criminals, I guess? Sure. Well, you don't need a disguise kit for me, because I can just be frog. Also, you don't need a disguise kit for Pop-Tart, because Pop-Tart, there's a halfling here. Okay, I can disguise one person well, or I can disguise four people alright, so if you want to work out the math on how I can disguise three people with that, that's fine, but I am not here for this fucking Die Hard 3 shit. I don't care about the scale, I don't care about the two pitchers of water... Sure. So, Pop-Tart, you've met this halfling before. You meet them every year. Okay. Every halfling knows them. Because Red-Eye is the party bouncer. Oh, this guy! Nobody gets into the shindig without his knowing about it. You can't see him from where you are, from the ship, but you know he's here, and he knows you're here, too. Okay. So, just know that as we're setting up our disguises. Yep. There's a halfling about and it is probably guarding the tower. The tower or the town? So can I use my disguise kit to disguise three people all right plus? Sure. Great. Let's do that. Since uh, uh, now I understand. Pop-Tart has an in with a bouncer. Everything makes sense. Yes. Plus, if I don't want to be seen, I can just turn into a frog. You have options. Mm-hmm. So I guess let's go over everyone's disguises. Yeah, let's see. Last time I was a monk, so I probably shouldn't double up or else people will just, you know, start looking for the weird monk that's always there, like, when the metal erupts out of the ground and stuff. A nun. Harbinger is probably going to take forever because they're just, like, so enamored with their own giant wardrobe-sized disguise kit. They're just going to, like... Sure. Fucking luxuriate in the options for a while. So, Pan, what are you immediately trading your hard-thought-about outfit in for? Um, can he, like tie his hair in front of his face like a little mustache <laughs> yes i ha- actually have see i have a bag of uh general mustard's uh mustache hair ties for ladies who are secretly men in <laughs> the military or whatever or would well, it be women who are secretly men whatever well i who meant cares? just like taking two strands from the front and like doing that there you just like put them over your lip like a mess <laughs> yeah i know i'm just saying that i have a bag of like these there's like it's hair ties except there's like also adhesive on the back so it sticks to your upper lip why don't you just like brush all of your hair forward and pretend to be an elf yeah just be really just act sad about like the world and whatever okay don't mind one of my legs just being much thicker than the other as I had my tail in my pants. That, oh, that's not your leg. <laughs> that oh, That's a double entendre. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. Anyway. Syria, how's your disguise? Uh, let's see. Let's see, so last time she just pulled her hair down, that was boring. Well, we covered you with volcanic ash and you're a black panda. Or like a normal panda. I don't know what the terminology is. Giant panda. Red pandas are original pandas, but anyway. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd like to see a source on that, miss. 
I don't want any of your historical revisionism around here. <laughs> Yuya can't do that. She's been cooped up in Blue Mountain for like 15 years before being forced out. Anyway, what's my disguise? Hmm. You know, it wouldn't be fun to be disguised as one of the soldiers that frequently patrol around here. I'm sure there's a pseudo-faux-plate mail or something. You're gonna disguise as like a knight? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're just gonna live out her dream of being a fighter warrior hero. Congrats, you have a sword for once? Actually, no, you don't like swords traditionally. I know this is a fact about Riley the person. <laughs> Look, she's used a sword before. But, uh, <laughs> we do have this. We, ha- we do have this. Her wrench is now also an axe. Okay. And that brings us back to Harbinger. I think Harbinger was probably looking, like, really long and hard at that, uh, bag of General Mustard's fake mustache hair ties or whatever I call them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really tempting, but I think I'm just gonna go with my original idea of some kind of socialite. And, I, look, I, I have a great character detail. It's, it's, it's the details that make characters believable, everybody, I say, in character as Harbinger. So, I think my character... My Harbinger's character is going to be a rich socialite recovering from a very invasive face operation, so I'm just going to be wrapped up in bandages the whole time. But otherwise, you know, I'll be out there making friends, going to parties, seeing what's what, drinking. Wait, does that mean reconstructive surgery is now a part of the world that exists? Yes. Okay. I mean, I taught you how to shapeshift, so... I think near near the fireplanes, it's probably like blowtorch surgery. Mm-hmm. You just melt it down and, like, squish it back together. Yeah. Let's let's not think about that too hard. That's how it works, right? I'm the final Pam, but my face is covered with bandages, okay? That's how you can imagine this. So now that we're all disguised and we're nearing the tower, what are we doing with the pumpkin patch? How are we approaching this? Well, I mean, I think we landed on top already while we were sorting out our disguises. Yeah, the self-disguise thing seemed unnecessary when we could just land on top. I don't, I don't know, is there like even, is there like a manhole cover <laughs> just in the center? Uh, there is not an entrance from the top that is visible, but you can land there. Oh. I feel like that would draw some attention. It would, especially since it isn't wide enough for the whole ship to land. The tower can land there, but then the balloons will still be just floating around it. Just a, it were just a new part of the tower. Nobody noticed. It's fine. Also something that's immediately obvious when you land is that the tower is superheated. Oh. Yeah, let's not do that. Okay, let's go. I mean, Pan's fine. He's fine with the sauna just getting more hot. Yeah. Well, we can leave Pan here then. Yeah, have fun with your fire, Pan. Okay. <laughs> here Pan's now. gonna get off while everyone takes back out. <laughs> All right. I guess. Well. <laughs> Why not? I'm going to hop on Pan's back. Okay, that's a safe place to be. But as you're doing that, Pop Tart, you feel Red Eyes getting closer. Oh boy. I'm gonna bring the ship around down close here somewhere. Sounds good. Uh, because there is a gorilla made of stone. and Made of stone plating. The inside of him is softly glowing red. And he's clambering up the tower. Like King Kong. Okay. This is fun. And he's approaching very rapidly. This is fun. What do you do? Hey, Red Eyes! Pop talked, he Hi. says, as he rounds the lip of it, and uh, he's like 16, 17 feet tall, 
like twice your size, Pan. Yeah, like everybody's bigger than me, so I'm used to it. Right, you are. But Pan, there haven't been many things bigger than Pan. Flapjack? Flapjack's about the same size. Oh. I have overestimated the tallness of Flapjack. <laughs> I mean, he's just a regular sized bear. Oh, I thought he was a big bear for some reason. No, he's big to us because we rode him. I mean, there's trees on him, so it's kind of... There's an illusion of, of biggerness there. Anyway. Yes. Pop-Tot, you should be heading north. The gathering is in three days. Do not stop here. Wait. It's really important that we do. Hang on, how have you not mentioned the fact that it's in three days? That seems like an important thing to remember. I mean, I'm willing to miss it, because I'm kind of doing a thing. That sounds more fun than any of the things we've been doing. I'm not here to have fun. I actually am. That's actually my agenda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pop-Tart probably didn't bring it up because they weren't planning to go. Yeah, I have more important things to do. I, 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 I'm not going this year. Then what are you doing here? Go back to the Tartlands. Take your friend with you. Get off this tower. Why? Why? This tower isn't supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be protecting it. What? Well, okay. Okay. What's going on? A halfling protects their community, whatever shape that community may take, Pop-Tart. Not every part of a community is there for good reasons, though. That's not what a halfling does. <sighs> I don't... It is not on you to judge. I'm not judging, I'm... <sighs> but you know right from wrong, do you? Yes. You, little one, less than 300 years to your name. Yes, I do. Excuse me, uh, sir, monkey, ape? I don't know what the proper term is. What do you want? So, like, what is this? What What's this, what's this thing going on? Like, what's this for? Seems important. It was built to draw heat from the rest of the world. And lower the global temperature. I can see how that would be useful. But I am not here to judge its purpose. I am here to protect a part of my community. Good on you. Anyway, Popper, we should go. Let's avoid this confrontation. This isn't a confrontation. I don't know, he seems... This is a confrontation. Yeah, okay, see, he said it. He said it this time. We have permission to leave before we do something stupid this time. When has that stopped me? You should leave before I make you regret staying. I don't want to fight you. I don't want to fight either. But I'm not leaving either. Please leave, Pop-Tart. Can I scoop Pop-Tart up under my arm and use Blessing of Speed just to get the fuck out? If you're going to force me to leave, you're going to have to smash this tower to do it. You can, yeah. If you want to, like, jump back to the pumpkin patch, which... The mini's been moving around while we've been talking. I think Yuri's been bringing it in low. Oh, yeah, she has. It's been... It's done a circle around the tower while this has been happening. Well, I'm making an executive decision here. 
I'm going to attempt to scoop up Pop-Tart under my arm. And bail. <laughs> if Pop-Tart- um, Pop-Tart is good at slipping away if Pop-Tart wants to. I cannot survive on this tower without you. Cool. I'm gonna use Blessing of Speed to jump Zip out down to the- no, 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 not not that way. Oh, Down to the okay. village. Okay. Leap into the community. Yeah. Hopefully, no <laughs> see a man just appear. I'm not, I'm just gonna pout all the way down. Red Eyes is gonna hang down from the ledge and watch you from above, but otherwise is not going to interfere if you're not near. Oh, we know we're so we should like rail grind down the tower. Yeah, that sounds cool. Can do that. Just like slide down the tower. Yeah. Wee. Just so like we can also survey the side of it to see if there's any features other than the. Sure, sure, sure. And then you'll leap off of it to a safe place once you get far enough down. Sure, I like it. Yeah. Um, as you're sliding down, it seems to be uniform all the way up, except for the coils that are breaking up its surface every about six feet. So they're pretty frequent. Well, if my smart brain says anything, the only distinguishing feature is probably the weak point, right? That's how these things work. It's just a really big heat coil. There, it's not a complicated tower. But what's on the inside? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, it's well, almost like we should knock it over and look inside and also break Pan it. Pan is going to put off knocking it over for as long as possible in this scenario. Yeah. I mean, also, it goes down very, very far. Now that you're entering... Like, I kind of want to know how far it goes down. Can I just keep going down? You could. If you want to keep sliding all the way down, down. you will enter the fog ocean. Pop-Tart, you're free to jump off whenever you want, but I got nothing else better to do. No, I'm your way back up. Okay, cool. (laughs) See, we we spent approximately two seconds at the bottom of the fog ocean last time, so let's make this a lasting trip. That's my stance on this scenario. Okay. So you're heading down into the ocean. Yes. And Red Eyes watches you go. If there's no entrance on top, there must be an entrance on the bottom. That's how things work. Yeah, it has to be built up from somewhere. So let's check in with uh, Yuria and Harbinger. Hello. So you could all hear that through your psychic connections. You know what Red Eyes is about. You're welcome. I think Harbinger is going to go down and grab that sun orb from the last tower. It just seems like a handy thing to have around, like a bag of tricks sort of thing. Sure, sure. Then I think Harbinger is going to get some use out of their dang disguise and, like, Princess Peach hover down to town using weird dog. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about the town. What's the town like? It is very, I think ramshackle is the term that comes to mind. Ah. Oh. There are a lot of... It's basically a bunch of crisscrossing walkways and planks between the two edges of the ravine, and people build their homes inside the wall. Uh, there's a lot of... There's, there's like, supports. This place is basically laid out like a mine shaft that happens to go into open air. God, jeez. All right. Uh, it is mainly populated by lobster folk, who we haven't seen yet in the campaign. But they're about ten feet tall, uh, hard shells, many colors. Speckles are very common. You can't tell if the speckles are there naturally or if they add them in as decoration. Oh, that's fine. That's not really my business anyway. Um, it, that's true. Uh, 
I feel like the best way for this fucking ridiculous socialite costume I've made up to work in a town like this is probably to expedite um, any search for someone important to talk to that'll get me into that tower, because that's what I want to do. Okay. I just want to be like, oh, hello. Now, are these spiny lobsters or clawed lobsters? They're lobsters. They're lobsters. Imagine a lobster. They're that. There's a bunch of different lobsters. They're nice. It's a whole world of lobsters out there. And some of them live here. Uh, they don't have human faces, if that's what you're asking. Well, or no. human-looking bits. They're very crustacean-y. Okay, well, no, spiny lobsters have different... They have, like, spiny little whippies instead of claws. Oh, no, these have claws. They're okay. claws lobsters, folks. Got it. Um, except, actually, I think that the, the claws are divided down the middle, so it's like a four-fingered hand. Ooh. Two thumbs, two fingers sort of situation. That's kind of unsettling. Uh, there's also a number of elves, too. I, I was going to get there, but we got thoroughly sidetracked when I was describing lobster folk. I said I'm talking to a lobster, and I'm talking to a lobster, damn it. Hello. <laughs> you find a lobster uh, idly sitting outside her town home, or outside her home, playing a violin, and it's very nice. Oh, that's lovely. Excuse me. If you don't mind my asking, what exactly is the story with this enormous tower? Uh, it showed up around last year, and it just grew out of the ground. It's been here ever since. Keeps the place plenty warm, so we don't mind. Well, fair enough. Yeah, and you will notice that while the snow is very thick around the ravine, within the ravine it's warm and pleasant. Yeah, that's, yeah, that makes sense. Hmm... Do you know anyone who knows more about the tower? I'm just dreadfully curious about it. Uh, the only one around here who regularly goes there is Red Eyes. We tend to avoid it. It's a bit too hot. Red Eyes? I'd love to meet this person. Where can I find them? Is there a place that Red Eyes goes to when they're not on the job, or are they pretty much just always bouncing, so to speak? Uh, they go where they please, but there is a bell we can use to call him. The bounce bell. I can show you where it is. Well, thank you. That would be very kind of you. Yeah. So my name's Claudia. What's your name? She says. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> As she picks up her violin and starts walking along the game planks of town. I hate this. <laughs> I need you to describe in detail the mechanical action of a lobster playing a violin. Uh, they hold a bow with one hand, they hold a violin with the other, and they play. Ix has drawn this. Yeah. So there's Claudia, there's Claudine, there's... No, it's Klaus. just Claudia oh. right now. I'll introduce more lobsters <laughs> later as we meet them. They don't all but have yeah. names. There These are all just a... Monster High characters. You can't just say Claude instead of Claudia. Well, there's a Claude. Call outpost. <laughs> so Harbinger, as you're being taken through town You can already see the bell from Like she's pointed it out to you But it's a bit of a walk uh, it's, it's on like this big platform It's shaped like a giant gorilla head Yeah, I imagine it's rather Titanic Titanic, that's it My fake name will be Titania That's probably not taken That's probably not taken That's probably not taken Sierra, what are you up to? Ah, well, I'm going to swing this boat down. Ah, uh, let's see. I'm looking up and, uh, pants screwing around again. 
Hey. And Harbinger's off doing their own thing. Hmm. So, maybe I think it's about time I warm up the tank here. But, you know, I just don't want it to be seen just yet, so... Let's just say that it's behind the pumpkin patch while... It could still be embedding bathing beyond it. Like, you have a giant warehouse to hold it in for a bit. That is true. So you're warming up Billy. As I guess he's named now. Named him! Wait, why is it... Wait, why are we calling it him? It's a tank. It is a tank. Did I hear you refer to my son as an it? My beloved loud clanking son who can destroy cities. I thought I was your loud clanking son. As we mentioned last episode, uh, Yuria was working on the tank here to equip it with Bola's drones as sort of a central network for them. And how funny this might work out because the coils are metal, aren't they? And that was kind of they are yes, and that's kind of a whole drones thing. So yeah, they eat the metal. It's oh, true. Boy, uh, so you start activating it, and the the bee the bees in the back of the honeycomb matrix you built start to wake up and move around. They're less dangerous looking than Bola's bees. Uh, there was some remodeling involved. Now they're like these orb things. They look very cute and kind of float instead of aggressively flight pattern. I like that. I want to draw these cute bees. Giant golden snitches, except mm-hmm. with faces drawn on with crayon by Pop-Tart. Yes. Yes. And as they're floating around, one of them kind of kind of starts staring at you, Yuria. Ugh. Uh, uh. Please don't look at me. Yuria. Says the bee with a flicker of recognition over its cold metal eyes. Uh, uh. Before hovering back into formation. Yuria freezes up a bit. Shakes her head. No, no, no. It's not him. It's not him. So Billy's all fired up. The bees are itching to go. And you're ready with that at any time. Do you want me to page to Pan and Pop-Tart back? Or do you have something to do with Billy right away? Nah, I'm just gonna... I got that telepathic link with Harbinger, so I'm just going to say, Hey, um, you might want to talk to them, because I got the tank getting ready here, and we could probably try to take it down, the tower. From what I've seen, the people here have grown used to and enjoy his presence. I'm wondering if we can instead invade and sabotage it in such a way that it generates heat rather than drawing in heat from the rest of the world, so that it still destroys Aurorealis' plans in this region, but maybe also doesn't make us in another city of new enemies. Like, I know I've been way into the whole cities full of enemies thing in the past, but I've been thinking... I'm glad we're all coming around to being good people. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little tiresome, you know? So yes, my new plan is to gain entry into sabotage to the maximum degree. Okay, well, just so you know, we can also gain entrance by, you know, using the drones to make a doorway in there, so... That seems like it would draw a lot of attention. So Pan, Pop-Tart, as you go down, you find that the tower sort of, it widens slightly. Like, it's it's not perfectly straight up and down. It becomes sort of a pyramid shape once it gets below the fog ocean. Probably for support reasons, but who knows. And as you get down, you see an obvious entrance. There is a big gate at the bottom of the tower. You also see... Hey Pan, what's a dragon look like? 
Oh boy. Okay, so... Well, that depends. But they're kind of like noodle foxes. They have sort of a canine face, but this kind of long, long, long scaled body with furry underbellies and traditionally two limbs, but dragons aren't as uniform as one would expect and end up coming in a lot of different weird configurations. The central theme being noodle-shaped and some mix of reptilian and mammalian. And a number of them also have antlers, right? That's that's a standard feature. What? Don't they? Isn't that no. a thing we talked about? No. no okay. I, that was a, I think that was an early thing. Some of them might. I don't know. Some of them can have horns. Sure, it doesn't sure. matter. Okay. There is only one dragon that actually it look matters what they look like, but these are not that's those true. dragons. Okay. Well, since you said that they can vary, we'll give this one antlers. This one has a pointy rack of antlers on the back of its head, and is just kind of coiled around the base of the pyramid. Well, this is a first. So, that makes it, I think looking at the scale of this tower, probably a good 30-35 feet long, this dragon. Pretty big. And it is directly in your way. Hmm. So, Pop-Tart, Pan, what you gonna do? Hmm. Well, Pan, I don't know how to talk to dragons, I've only ever known one. I mean, worst case scenario, we try, it goes badly, we leave, and we deal with it later. Wait, is it awake? It's sleepy. I think it should be sleepy, that just sounds most fun. Yeah, it, it's, sleep it's currently sleeping, so you can get down to the floor of the ocean safely. It's the traditional state for dragons to be in. But it is in the way of the door. Uh, what with being a big dragon. Is it, is it like head zone at a reasonable place for me to just walk up to? Yeah, yeah. It's it's its head is lying against the floor. Okay. Probably right next to the door, so if you like tried to open it, it would wake up. I think we're going to have to wake up this dragon to get into this tower. Kind of try to speak softly to some- <laughs> speak softly to this dragon. And give it a little skirt behind the ear. And like Aww. stick my entire head in its ear. Roll speak softly. Let's go. Okay. I got three three plus two is eight. Alright, so you may ask two questions from the list. As the dragon slowly rouses from its slumber, it its eyes blink lazily at you. And it considers you for a moment. But listens. Oh boy. I'm gonna hide in Panda. Like, when it woke up, it looked like it was ready to just immediately go on the offensive, but when it sees you, specifically you, it listens. So, I'm gonna ask it what it wants, and how we can help it get it. The dragon wants to sleep, and they want to eat. You feel these impressions within your soul, it does not speak. What would you have us do next? Or wait, no. What can they tell us about the tower? That one actually makes sense. Okay. They can tell you that the tower is very warm. It is a nice place to stay as the ocean's been getting colder. Oh. Oh. Okay, well, I'm gonna... I have a silly idea. I'm going to... 
ask the dragon if it'll move for a little bit, and I'll keep it warm while Pop-Tart goes inside. Yeah, you don't even have to spend a speak softly or anything on that. It will grant that request. Yeah. It's no skin off its neck. Holy shit, it's way into you. <laughs> <laughs> Love connection. So it just scooches its head and it wraps up uh, slightly differently. Like, it wraps up around, it coils up the tower a bit. So that there's there's plenty of room to get past it. Okay, have fun. I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about falling. Manage. I'm sure the other two have something they're planning. Don't worry, I'll be right here with you the entire time. Everything about everything we just did peacefully is going to be negated by someone's bad idea. Okay. Hey, what the fuck? What the fuck is this, huh? What the fuck is going on here? Ooh, look at me. I'm Pan. <laughs> I'm Pan, and I have an idea. That was directed is at Yuria, who's just going cut on a hole here, in it. You pathetic piece of shit. We found the door, okay? And we have like telecommunesis. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I forgot what the word was. Um, we can just tell Telepathy. Yuria... Telepathy. We can tell Yuria and Harbinger that there's a door down here. We got it open. Don't do whatever you're planning on doing. Don't plan on peacefully opening a door with a blowtorch from a drone. See, I don't think a blowtorch would help this particular situation. Oh, yes, you're right. A blowtorch might superheat the entire structure and kill everyone. What are you talking about? It's a fucking blowtorch. Yeah, this is, this is one of those situations where fire might not be helpful. Yeah, you need a cold torch. So, Pop-Tart. Hi. You open the door. Okay. And are immediately met with an immense blast of heat. Ow. Okay. It is extremely hot in there. I'm going to look out, like, behind me and just yell, Pan, are you sure we can't trade places? <laughs> I'm pretty sure, he says, as he just kind of continues to pet. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to pet your new friend. Yeah. Uh, which is fair, but... So I'm here and it's very warm. Yeah, you can you can see inside now, and it, on top of being very hot, is very bright. The tower is extremely simple in design. Okay. And the inside of it is a giant tube that glows white hot, and it goes all the way from the bottom to the tippy top. And that's the entire design of the tower. It is this white hot, superheated tube that is extremely difficult to approach, some open air, and then a metal casing. So don't break anything. What's the biggest pit trap I can open? I said don't break anything. <laughs> that's a good question. You want to try and drown this place? What I want to do is open up a pit trap below the white hot bit and cool it down. Would I be able to make a trap big enough to do that? With, like, the nature of your pit trap is basically summoning your river, right? Yeah, that's basically what yeah. I'm doing. I think the way for this to be effective would be to try to get a decent height up the tower and then summon it there to basically flood the tower. Okay, but how can I get up the side? Because it's too hot. That's the hard part. Wait, wait, I got this. We drill a hole in the side. Pop-Tart comes out, jumps up here, gets in there, floods it from up top near the middle here. The only problem is that we got red eyes back up there, but... Hmm. We gotta I get... mean, Harbinger's already working on a distraction for that. Yeah, red eyes won't notice if we're under the ocean. 
I want to see if I can get the tank close enough so I can fire it under the fog ocean, so... I mean, if you fire, <laughs> that will make a lot of noise and would be obvious. You can use the bees to safely, like, eat a part of the tower open, but you can't use the weaponry on this tank. Yeah, I meant the bees, I didn't want Without drawing attention. I kind of figured if we try to destroy it, it would be bad for everyone, so... I have a dumb idea. <laughs> okay. My treasure that I got from the library. Oh my gosh. No, that's a great idea. Okay. Oh no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to reach into my backpack, mm. take out the little wrapped square, untie it to reveal just a plain-ass looking tarot deck. It's not that plain, actually, because there is a very notable feature about it. Yes. As a frog, do I have sticky pa do I have sticky hands? You can have sticky hands, yes. That, okay. that would make sense. I'm going to oh. stick one to each of my hands, one each to the bottom of my boots. I'm concerned. And climb up the wall. This is a fireproof tarot deck I was given. Yep. Wait, how there, the tarot deck is printed on dragon scales. Wait, how? How does the? <laughs> I get how your your hands stick to the deck, but how does the deck stick to the wall? It doesn't matter, I only need them to be in contact long enough to hop up the wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna start jumping. God. Okay. <laughs> Pop-Tart, oh. roll to overcome, because it's very, very hot. Okay, overcome is blood? Yes. I remembered, I remembered how to play this game I've been playing for six months. Two sixes. <laughs> you're unstoppable. Okay. The heat is sweltering, but you persevere, as you can hop up as high as you need to. I'll do it for my friends! At this point, Harbinger, you have reached the bell, and Claudia is telling you, Oh, you just ring it like this, and ding, 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 ding. And Red Eyes usually comes running to ask, what's up? Perfect. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to make your acquaintance today. Hello. Oh, it was a pleasure to meet you too, Titania. Claudia waves as she starts heading back to her home. Oh, good. Red Eyes, can can we talk somewhere a bit more privately than the town square? Very well. What is your business? He says as he starts following you to wherever you're leading him. Oh, probably just some, like, less crowded part of the town right now, whatever. Just some alleyway, you know, whatever. P disused plank, that kind of thing. Sure, sure. And I just want to ask Red Eyes, so, oh, so I'm new to this area, I'm just passing through. What on earth is with that giant tower? Why is it so hot? What's it for? Would you like to roll to speak softly? Yeah, good idea. Oh, goodness, I got an 11 naturally, plus 3, so I got a 14 total. Oh, boy. You may ask three questions. I'd say that Titania is captivating. Yeah. How nice. Well, I already asked, what can they tell us about the tower, so... Uh, his answer is similar to what he told uh, Pop-Tart earlier, that it is a massive heat sink that draws... that basically lowers the global temperature by bringing it all here. Interesting. And since that was a question that you rolled dice for instead of otherwise, I'll add the extra little bit that he knows it was made by a person named Aurorealis, who he does not know much about. You seem pretty set on defending it, seeing as you came from the top of it, is that correct? Yes, it is a part of this community. It provides 
us. It provides heat, it provides safety, it has actually defended us against some attack. Now, Red Eyes, my concern with this is that it's damaging to the global community if it truly is taking in heat from everywhere. Could your fellow halflings be at risk from this? And... If so, I think I might have an alternative for you that still protects your town without putting other halflings and their communities at risk. A halfling's only concern is the protection of their own community. And what's going to happen when Aurorealis is done with this community? If need be, I will fight her myself. Need will be. Well, that's my three questions, and that's a pretty good time to turn on my heel and go, and I'm going to Princess Peach hover down there. What do you know about Aurorealis? She's extremely attractive. Something tells me you know more than you're saying, Titania. She has great taste in gowns. Well, as answer to that, I pull out the fucking tentacle beast and Princess Peach hover down the canyon, so... (laughs) (laughs) I guess how studied is this halfling who seems very unconcerned with global affairs in the ways of the Calm City? They're a proper halfling doing proper halfling duties, thank you very much. Yeah, sure, they're doing a great job. Gonna rip off my disguise as I go down too. I have a plan. Well, I should say that I have a plan for after the thing is broken for what we can do to keep Red Eyes from pulling each of our individual heads off. Sure. And I pull the sun orb out from under my robe. I want to replace the horrible heat sink tower with a beautiful, radiating, nicer warmth than this oppressive sucking heat with uh, the sun orb. That seems like a pretty good idea. Uh, yeah, I have them every once in a while. Uh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I totally wasted this the disguises doesn't mean I'm gonna mess up the sun orb. Come on. And I guess it's finally time to flood a tower full of water. Yee. Yeah. So, Pop-Tart, you bounced your way up to the top. Red-Eyes is distracted by Harbinger. Riley is in position with Billy the tank in case anything goes wrong. Who's Riley? And Pan is petting a dragon. Sorry, Yuria. I said Riley, didn't I? You did. <laughs> My bad. It happens when, like, half of your characters are self-inserts. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, so, uh, <laughs> use up two of your pit traps, because this is going to take a lot of water. Okay. That, that's like as many uses as I have of it, so sure. I know. You're using up all of your water because you're flooding this whole tower. Yep. And the first thing you notice is that the water start instantly turning to steam. Hmm. And you are going to have to also take damage for this because you're in the middle of a steam blast as your water starts pouring out and out and out and out and out. Uh, okay. Um, that's fair. Damage is that of your choice. I will say sense, because it's hard to see with all this steam. Okay. That makes sense. And your skin is, like, red and burned a bit. It's very uncomfortable to be a Pop-Tart right now. I can do it. (laughs) But as the water starts to fill, less and less of it is turning into steam. The core remains white hot, but you have now introduced coolant. To everyone else outside, the glowing metal bands start to dim and just become regular metal gray. Ooh, 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 ooh. I got one. I got one next as I come floating down and saying ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> okay. Um, so the core is, the core is like, 
basically the way this thing works is there's a core that's drawing in all the heat through, mm-hmm. and there's like a giant coil up through the gi- center of this giant tower, and otherwise it's just empty. That kind yes. of thing. It just basically space to hold heat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, I would like to use my ley lines ability to seal off <laughs> an, a location, and I would like to seal off the the intakes for the core that draw in the heat. Okay. So I just like fucking fuse fuse those molecules together, dang it. Yeah. There's um, basically some dark light arcs from your hand. It says wrapping around the tower and hitting these invisible vent points that were unnoticeable to the naked eye. Radical. And sealing them up. Heck yes. Is this going to explode? Actually, no, no, I have another idea for this. So, water started leaking out of those, which made them visible. Oh! And then seal them away. Yay, I like it when we have plans that we definitely didn't think of. (laughs) Again, I have to ask, are you trying to make this explode? No. It's an intake, it's not a vent. There's no excess energy that's coming out of the core, and if there is, then that's not how a heatsink works, and I'm kink-shaming you. Well... Okay. <laughs> King shaming gnome for not knowing how a heatsink works. Call out post. Shrug. This is fantasy thermodynamics. So I mean it's magic, so I used magic on it, so it's magic. Yeah. So it's magic. Yeah. And that's right about when Red Eyes comes crashing down behind you. Hey! This is awkward. Okay, now everybody needs to hold off red eyes while I somehow figure out how to somehow reverse engineer an entire tower. Oh, don't worry. I've got that under control. I'm going to open fire on the tower. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm really to keep them busy, okay? That that feels like it's going to have some unintended consequences. Okay, I'm not going to hit the tower. I'm going to fire, but aim it away. And aim it at the town? (laughs) It's right next to the tower? What are you shooting at? Hopefully at nothing. You could be firing blanks at the tower if you just want to be a distraction. Yeah, we got blanks. Just a whole bunch of powder in an empty shell. Yeah, it's just like you're yet to have a lot of just powder lying around. Alright, roll to keep them busy. Let's see if that actually distracts uh, Red Eyes, who is now on the ocean floor, so might not even notice. Well, unfortunately, that's a nine. Um, I'm going to erase a bond and use I Won't Let You Down. So, hmm, how does this work out? I'm going to say... Well, you're protecting Harbinger. Yeah. So, bond with Harbinger. Wait, are you going to take one of my abilities? Because you should probably just take Do Not Trifle with Wizards, because fuck it. No, I'm raising a bond with you in order to justify taking a Oh, radical. Yeah. Um... Actually, since we want to justify that you, like... I mean, you just got magic, right? Yeah. So, the way you're using Harbinger's Bond to protect them is that you're making, like, Harbinger less noticeable and yourself more noticeable. You're literally stealing Harbinger's attention. I'm sure this will have no repercussions at all. Well, I certainly have a lot of that. And Red Eye starts... Hopping up the tower, King Kong style. You have a moment, Harbinger. Then a moment it shall have to do. Let's see, what's the best thing to roll to start trying to do my whole magical rewiring thingy here? 
The goal is to draw out this fucking whatever you would call this core that absorbs heat so efficiently and replace it with the sun orb and then also somehow reverse the entire tower so that it radiates heat instead. You know, just something nice and simple. Okay. I think the thing you're going to have to do is to destroy the heat core and then replace it with your sun orb. Fair enough. Alrighty, then. Well, lucky for me, I happen to have an ability that's perfect for destroying something. Oh, let's see. How sturdy does this thing look? I'm assuming for Do Not Travel With Wizards? Correct. That'll just take one damage off. Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Alrighty, so... Pop-Tart's prepped it for you, so it's not, like, volatile. Yeah, it seems... I think we've cut it off from all sorts of volatility pretty well, from all the heat, anyway. Let's see, I'm probably going to damage blood, because I'm down here in the steam chamber doing this. Yeah, it's, it's hot in here. Much opposed to my usual extremely bombastic compressing molecules and making them explode thing, I'm just going to do like an itty-bitty compress molecules and make them explode to just kind of turn this core into powder. Uh, the way I'm thinking of it, like you, you do an upward chopping motion and a line of light goes all the way up the core and it just kind of cracks in half. That's pretty good. Yeah, let's go with that. And the light from it fades. And then I, like, set the sun orb in its place and put my hands on my hips, waiting a second to see if it'll just fix itself automatically. No, mm, like, guess not. <laughs> start start doing, like, a magic black light. Uh, well, I know everybody hates blowtorches down here, but I am going to do a magic <laughs> black arc welder, black light arc welder thing yeah. to start trying to repair some of my own machinations, shall we, sh- shall we say? I'm gonna need glasses after this. I don't need glasses, I just, like, am blind completely. I didn't say you, I said me! Oh yeah, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Pop-Tart and glasses sounds really cute. Okay, so yeah, that will take you a bit, but it will happen. You don't have to do more rolls, it'll just take you time. So Pop-Tart, you're also free to escape. Pan, you're free to do whatever you want. I mean, I'm having a perfectly good time just avoiding (laughs) this entire conflict that I don't need to be a part of. For once, Pan isn't destroying things and is happy with this. You're welcome. Remember that I am a good person? Sometimes? Okay, so first of all, now that the now that everything's cooled down, I'm gonna put away my my cards. Yeah. And you know, put them back put in Put them back the, in the case. Put them back in the case, put them and put it back in my backpack. And then I'm just gonna swim down to the door. Yeah, that sounds good. Hi Pan. And while you're doing that, hey Yuria, red eyes lands in front of your tank. Cease fire. Yuria hops out and she stands in front of her. As as you're hopping out of the tank, a mighty arm swings to the side, slams into Billy's side, and sends it flying towards the pumpkin patch and past the pumpkin patch, and it starts rolling basically. Well, that was rude. You standing on top of it like immediately fall off of it, so you're now flat on your face in front of this giant gorilla. Uh-huh. You were attacking my community. Uh, to be clear, this tower and the other towers attacked my community first. That's not my concern. And he picks you up by the scruff of your coat. (laughs) And starts walking towards the edge of the ravine. Weird dog counterattack. Weird dog, go! I want weird dog to jump out of the pumpkin patch and like... Oh right, weird dog has it. I'm gonna die damage colosite for weird dog to grab on and just counter grapple basically sure sure just hold him in place pretty much to make this even more of a fucking mess of hugs yeah 
It is now a three-person tangle hug. Hooray. Could have just waited for Yuri to fall and then Princess Peach parasol Yuri down so Red Eyes thought that she was I've falling. had enough falling, thank you. <laughs> I don't feel like a glide. It'd be nice. Yuri has had enough falling. I will enjoy your hell hug. I love hell hugs. It's so warm. <laughs> So now the three of you are at the bottom of the tower, while Yuria is in a bad spot at the top of the tower. Pop-Tart, do you have anything you can do about this? Uh, I'm gonna hop up to his nose so that I'm like right up in his face. Okay, that'll take you a few hops, but you can zigzag around and you can get up there before he breaks free. Okay. And I'm gonna look him dead in the eye, and his eyes are bigger than my whole body. Let her go. So, the way I was imagining Red Eye's face, by the way, is that, like, it's a flat stone plate with just a pair of holes in it where where the eyes are, and they're just the glowing red embers. I'm holding on real tight. He seizes struggling at your request, and he sets Yuria down, and Dog is just kind of still holding on because that's what Dog was told to do. Wait, is Dog holding on Yuria or... Ah, uh, both of you. <laughs> Pop-Tarts. Why? Why what? Why are you going against the code? I don't understand you. I don't understand you. We have rules for a reason, Pop-Tarts. No, we- They're not there for a reason. They're there because somebody decided they it should be that way and never told us why. Have you ever wondered why? Utopia decided! Rules exist for a reason, Pop-Tart. Why are you leaving your community? I'm not. Why are you abandoning everything? I'm not. You're abandoning everything. I don't... see why you don't see this the way I do. It's... Why is this rule even in place? Why aren't we allowed to interfere with anybody else? Because we exist to serve them. We exist to protect them. We are a reflection of our community. We aren't supposed to control it or take it. That leads to... That leads to youth. That leads to looking glass. Do you want to be like looking glass, Pop-Tart? No. But I can decide not to be. You're walking a dangerous path. May you know what? Maybe I am, but at least it's one I chose for myself and some fish lady on high didn't tell me it. Like I'm not walking the path that some giant fish lady decided for me. I'm making my own. You have to trust me, Red Eyes, you have to. What I'm doing here it is good for your community too. Because it's good for everybody in the world, and everybody in the world is part of one community even if they are separated a giant stone hand reaches up grabs you off his face and just tosses you aside pop tarts get out of here (sighs) and he wanders into the community and hops back down you've done enough damage he's gonna pout pop tart is in fact quite angry but is trying not to show it red eyes is also quite angry but knows he can't stop you. I'm gonna sulk back to the patch. And right around now, Harbinger, you're done with those repairs. It's the core is welded in place. 
The tower is now radiating a pleasant, soft heat. Phew, I wipe off my hands with a greasy polka dot handkerchief. All in a day's work, and I tuck it back into my overalls. Have I given enough pets to convince the dragon to be nice? Can I, like, now mobilize? You want to ride it up to the surface? Well, kind of. I feel like I have a silly idea. Anyway, okay. so I think we need a little more room in bed bathing and beyonding, cause... Are you gonna take the dragon as a pet? I'm gonna try. I don't think... I, I don't think they want to leave, though. Nefarious is willing to give you a ride to the surface. Oh, well, we can do that part. But you quickly come to a problem as that happens. Oh. Like, Nefarious can give you a ride all the way up to the top, to the lowest parts of the city. But as it reaches the edge of the fog ocean... It can't leave. It can't break the surface of the, the fog. Okay. Nefarious wishes you the best, but cannot come with you. I forgot about that part. I'm sad. <laughs> Good work today, everyone. I'm sad now. <laughs> oh, should I help with the gorilla? He seems to be out of the way. You're not sure where Red Eyes went. Okay. So we're done. Cool. Everyone gets back on the pumpkin patch. What? What did you all do when I was gone? Uh, don't worry about it. So let me paint the scene. The camera is low to the ground, south of the ravine, as the sun is starting to set in the distance. The pumpkin patch sails up into the sky, heading northeast, away from the setting sun, towards the column city. Suddenly... The camera lurches upward, tilting slightly, still pointed at the patch. A flapping sound can be heard, heavy and steady. After a moment, the camera begins to move toward the patch, slowly at first, but rapidly gaining speed. It moves directly towards the center of the ship before veering a little bit up, a little bit right, just a little off-center. Yuria! The advanced sensors in the ship do not give you time to react. They only give you enough time to look in the right direction, just in time to see what's coming. Just in time to see an angel. Looking at her fills you with awe. Time slows to a crawl as you see her so close to the control room window. Her six golden wings are massive and sparkle in the sunset. The very air around her seems to sparkle and shimmer, and you feel hope. You feel peace, Yuria. You feel safety like you've never felt before. She hovers there, in the air next to the pumpkin patch, for a moment that feels like eternity. You see her sword, blazing red, held aloft over her head. And as night slams the sword down into the catwalk, all those fuzzy, warm feelings come crashing down with it replaced by the sound of every alarm on the pumpkin patch going off at once. Hey folks, if you're enjoying the show, please consider telling a friend or making a tweet, 
or supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com feats. We appreciate all of your support so much, and this show wouldn't be possible without it.